welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Well, God is great. Let the old church say he's greatly to be praised. Never let a season make you forget his goodness. Ever, 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 ever. Some of you will go through things where you will struggle without answered prayer. And you have to still know that he's good, even though he hasn't done what you asked him to do. Um, and that's when you learn his goodness. But if he gives you freedom, you should celebrate as well. Um, but never let um, seasonal weights or seasonal no's uh, be seasons where you don't think that God is good. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we're still in our Christian Liberty series. Are y'all honestly trucking with me We're through this, y'all? All right. I just want to make sure. Well, open your Bibles to James chapter 3. Verses 6 through 12. James, the, the third chapter, verses 6 through 12. Amen. Amen. One, two, three, read. Christians where it's growing and it's not just among some young folk 
Father, the first we hear of you, you're speaking life. The first we hear of you. The Bible opens with you speaking and stuff comes into being. Um, the Bible ends with you speaking and recreation happening and things coming together. And so God, I pray. Lord God, that we would have a um, a commitment to you that just flows deeply into even things that we may hold sacred and that, to be honest, we've made a part of the culture of our lives that may not be a part of the culture of holiness. So God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our strength, now redeem in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. A theology of cursing is using profanity a Christian freedom. Hello, Epiphany. Oh, I'm going to say it one more again. Hello? I'm just making sure y'all there. All right. So I'm playing. My, my, my family, we love music. Um, how many of your families love music? Music is a part of the culture of your home. We, we love music. We listen to all kinds of music. I'm not in that place. We'll get there in a few weeks where, you know, only uh, sacred music and gospel music is what we only listen to. We listen to all kinds of music, but we listen to it within reason of Christian principles. So um, we listen to some, 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 some people who are Christian artists and some non-Christian artists who, uh, you know, have redemptive themes. And we listen to this one, you know, Christian artist, and, and we listen. I said, hold on. I said, blah, blah, blah. went in the car. I pushed it back and I listened. And you know now with the phone, you can pick the thing up and push the little button and the words will start coming down. And I said, oh, he dropped him one up in the song. And I was trying to wrap my mind around how to explain this to my kids. So it's a Christian God that ends up, uh, God that becomes Christian, but he still does general music, kind of goes back and forth between second God. And we listen to the album, and you know, we in the car, we, we, getting, we getting our woo on, un, enjoying, the, enjoying the song, and we getting it in, and the song's going great. And then all of a sudden, somebody come on there that ain't saying some nice stuff on the song. And so my kids are kind of confused about the artist that this artist partnered with they're saying the things that they're saying in the midst of him trying to change the narrative. Well, we can't just blame it on those artists. We have, you know, one, one, one artist, um, one uh, uh, leader, a uh, guy that's a leader, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he had a news channel now, and he's a minister, he's a minister, like ordained minister, and on, I'm pulling up his news thing, and it, you know, has a curse word in the title, and he regularly, uh, flows with the mild explicatives, if we'd say that. You know, and not only that, I, there, there, there was another guy, he's a comedian, uh, you know, he was out there a little bit, then he became a professing Christian, but he's a worse cursor now as a Christian than he was before. And, um, and then now I'm on social media and I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through stuff every now and then and I see somebody and they'll just post something. And, it, it, you know, it'll be the acronym of something. And I'm like, now, I use I-M-L-B-O. They use something else for the B. Y'all, I'm okay. I'm, 
And so, and then I'm seeing just free flowing. And so I asked someone, I said, what's like, among people now that's Christians, what's going on where like, you know, we flowing like it's a regular conversation now of just being able to not just say, hey, I'm doing this and I know it's wrong, but now they're saying, hey, there's a difference between cursing, cussing, and profanity. Have y'all heard that? Okay, okay. And so now, now what, what I want to do, though, is now, you know what we try to do here. We try to not make up what we think rightness is. What we try to do is says, now how does what you saying about that connect with this? So that we can say you could get with this or you could get with that. Or you could get with this or you could get with... Some of y'all will get it. <laughs> and so Jesus, interestingly enough, um, says very key things. Please be with me as I build this foundation. He says very key things about words. Jesus says, every careless word that comes out of your mouth will be judged. Don't those verses make you shudder? You know you're not going to hell, but you do... You know, your stuff, listen, when you get before the judgment seat of Christ, your screen going to be like this. All right, Eric, come to the table. You're going to have your little podium. You're not under judgment, and they're just going to, all your little stuff going to be right there. You know, now that type of, the verses like that remind me that I need to get my stuff together in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but me, I'll be like, nah, you know what? I need to fall back from this, right? He says, Jesus says that murder isn't merely physical attack, but it's verbal and what you think. Like, good night. Then he says, it's not what goes into you what defiles you, but what comes out of you. That's why people get on my nerves. I'm like, I slipped. No, no, you don't slip and cuss. It was in you and readily available. So that winds, whatever happened, when you stubbed your foot, it just recowed right out your mouth. Right? Somebody said, I accidentally committed adultery. I don't know how. No, 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 no. No, nobody accidentally sleep with somebody. Help me, Jesus. Help me today, Jesus. And that's why in, at the beginning of weddings, I always quote Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Kohelet 5. I say, um, when you come up to the temple, don't make vash vows before God that you won't keep. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Why is that important? And Jesus repeats it. It's because words matter to God. When God created the heavens and the earth, he could have just waved his wind because he doesn't have a body. Or he could have waved a hand. He could have used vision and it shot out from his eyes. No, he chose words. There's a reason why words matter to God. And if words matter to God, words should matter to us. One writer says, the tongue has no bones, but it's strong enough to break a heart. You know, that, that, that's powerful. And then he says, so, so be careful with your words. Another author says, the, the, the Christian should learn two things about his or her tongue, how to hold it and how to use it. And so when we talk about the tongue, it is unfathomable that within the framework of our freedom as Christians, we're not just freed from, to do what's taboo, we also are freed to do what's right. 
So when we say freedom here, when we talk about Christian freedom or Christian liberty, Christian liberty is ultimately eternal life in Jesus. Freedom from the normal consequences of sin and death. But not only that, Christian liberty is the freedom we have in Jesus Christ to walk in newness of life in every area of life. That's very important for us to understand. But lastly, freedom is to enjoy God, enjoy his creation and his people on his terms. That's unadulterated God freedom. So when you read James, James, brother of Jesus, will write in the spirit, if you will, of Jesus Christ and Proverbs. So you will hear different prose and different genres. The Bible, whether you know it or not for my creatives, is the most artsy book that's ever been created. It's super artsy, it's super intellectual, and it's super creative. And so you will see a lot of that drawn out of this as we read this book. And the large theme in here is, if you say you have faith, it should show up in your life. In other words, it doesn't mean that works save you. The big theme of James is this. If he, in chapter 1, if you have faith, you'll suffer well. If you have faith, you'll resist temptation. Chapter 2, if you have faith, you won't be racist. That's, anyway, that's a good chapter, ain't it? Then it says faith without works is dead. Now it says if you have faith, you will use your tongue faithfully. Right. So that's the that's really the the whole big kind of theme of the book, faith and how it works itself out in real life, in real time. No point today, just verses. Let's go. Verse six. And the tongue is a fire. Stop right there. The word fire here is the Greek word Gehenna. where we get the word hell from that's used for hell in the New Testament. And so this word is connected to culturally outside of the of Jerusalem was a location called Gehenna where it was their trash burning spot. So the fire to Gehenna would remain on at all times so that trash could constantly burn there so nothing that's trashy could live a long time. And so, and so, so they made sure that happened. So he says, and so the New Testament writers use the word, borrow the word Gehenna to use it as the word that points to God's wrath in hell forever. Right. So now what's interesting is he's saying about um, uh, uh, um, what he's saying about uh, uh, Gehenna or fire is the same thing he's saying about the tongue. He said your tongue, when misused, can cause fires that won't go out. You, you ever seen them California fires? In Northern California, I went to the Redwood Forest, one of the most beautiful things you ever want to see. Can't even put your arm around a tree. Tree is 2,000 years old. Beautiful. Um, and you walk, it's so, it's so much foliage that fell from the sky. It feels like you're walking on a bed when you're in the Redwood Forest. This is a beautiful place. So I couldn't imagine the fire that would happen where it would just spontaneously get high fire, fire because it's so dry. But what's interesting, they can do nothing to put the fire out. So they literally, in order for the fire to run out, it has to run out of stuff to burn. The, the, way, the way the tongue can be used is it can be a fire that causes pandemic impact in your life, my life, and people's life if we don't use our tongues <coughs> correctly. So it's bigger than just cursing in this text. It's about the comprehensive effects of the mouth and how it's used. And all of those different ways go under the theology of your mouth. Somebody say your mouth. So ways the tongue can be a fire. Number one, divisiveness. Y'all quiet on that part. Proverbs 6 talks about the fact 
There's six things the Lord hates, seven that's an abomination. One of them is one who brings divisiveness or disinteraction between intimate friends. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, God doesn't like people that causes friction in relationship. You ever met somebody, they just cause friction in relationship, they just messy, and then act like they, they throw a bomb and, do, and act like nothing happened, they ain't do nothing, right? That's a way, and what happens is, is when somebody's divisive, it can cause that fire to burn and people to uh, 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 choose sides, all types of things. I'm still in the text, stay with me. No, number two, gossip. Gossip is saying something true or not true about somebody to somebody else without any type of discretion. See, because some gossip can be true, but you weren't supposed to say that to them because it's not healthy for them to hear what you said. You ever had the Holy Spirit? Y'all had the Holy Spirit. You knew you weren't supposed to tell it, but you want to talk about it so bad because you want to be messy in this season. So it just wells up and you're like, I got to talk to somebody about it, Lord. You know, you gave it, you said, it's not good for me to be alone. So now I'm trying to share with other people what's on my heart because I have to get this out of me. But you know, all of us who are really, really Christians know when the Holy Spirit is pricking you to tell you that what you're about to do is not a good idea. But our little bad behinds have to not listen at times. And guess what we do? We communicate even good information or bad information to someone that God was protecting from that particular information, and we get our kicks off because we get to be messy. But then the other fire, this is the worst one, slander. See, slander is lies that you tell on someone to defame them to get people away from them. Now, the reason why God calls the devil the father of lies He's talking about gossip and slander. It's because he was the first slanderer. In Genesis chapter 3, he says, did God say? When he said, did God say, he was basically slandering God's character of meaning what he said when he said it, but he wants to reinterpret it to act like God was keeping something away from them. And what Adam and Eve did is they believed the slander and it caused the fall of all of us. And so see how slander can have a damaging and cursed effect on us? Right? So when we look at this, the fire that burns in this, and lying. But I said, I hate a liar. You, you ever just met somebody that they just lie? I mean, it, their life don't depend on it. Nobody's going to, they just, just lie. I, I had a friend that just, he would just lie. I said, dude, why did you lie about that? You didn't even have to lie about that. But liars... God hates that stuff. The last one I'm going to do six is lack discretion. One of the things you'll hear the Proverbs talks a lot about is lacking discretion. Lacking discretion is kind of the same as sharing gossip with someone. In other words, you, you don't, lacking discretion means you're too naive to know how to use information properly. You, you, don't, you don't have any level of, man, let me protect. Let me think through how this would affect. It, it's an immaturity in the Bible because the naive is not quite a fool. And there are three types of people in Proverbs. There's the wise and there's the fool and there's the naive. With the naive, they could go either way based on who they're listening to. So keep listening to me. We found building a foundation. Y'all still with me? Yeah. So the tongue is a world of righteousness, is a, a world of righteousness, it says. It's placed among the members. It stains the whole body. Here, he's using double entendre, talking about your physical body, or which is the part for the whole of your life, or the life of the body of God's people. 
So that, that, that's what he's doing here. And so what he's trying to help us to understand is that how we function in Christian community personally and relationally can affect the way in which fire starts. There's some fires that have started in churches just because somebody run in their mouth. Am I by myself in this place? And so what he's trying to do is he's talking about it stains the whole body because bad information getting out can stain it. Uh, listen to what he says. He says, he says the, uh, the, the present tense verb uh, 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 continues the aspect to the problems that the tongue can cause. It continually corrupts and defiles the person who speaks wrongly. It increasingly damages all others just as a fire burns out of control. Now what, 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 now, what you're about to see is how we see how our brother James thinks. So our brother James is, is very artsy, but he, he's pulling, if he doesn't say it directly, he says it indirectly. So you could tell his influences by what he's saying. So he says, sets the course of life on fire. Now, I believe that he has a lot of proverbs on the mouth in mind as he's thinking to it. One of the ones you could almost inferentially hear him quote is the most misquoted verse in the universe of Christendom. This is, the, this is the one, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Now, see, many of you have heard this verse in the context of this. Come on, woman of God. Come on, man of God. You can open your mouth and give him the fruit of your lips. And listen, you can release right now your, mani your manifest destiny right now. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and tell him what you want. Listen, you can manifest whatever you want in your life. Whatever you, if you want that job, if you want that business, you better open your mouth. If you want that money. Now, listen, some of y'all saying, Pastor, you better stop playing because I'm about to shout. <laughs> but that ain't got nothing to do with the verse. Let me tell you something, you, saying you can manifest your destiny is voodoo. That's new age. Now, what I'm not saying is you can have faith. This is the proper protocol. This is pr pray, plan, ask God, get counsel. Lay it before him and see if he does it. Not, God, right now, I demand in the spirit. Yeah, okay. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? It makes us look bold, but we look silly. And it lacks humility. So what is the verse saying? Death and life are verbal seeds that affect people either for life or for death when you communicate to them. Are you hearing me? So he says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You can, you, can, you can decide to life somebody verbally, or you can decide to death them verbally. Stay with me. Now, it says, it's in the power of the tongue, and those that eat it, what? Death or life, not choosing which one you like better as the it in the verse. And will eat its fruit. That means when you communicate information to someone that's death information and when they communicate it to you, listen, you don't have to eat everything people say. Let me just uh, stay with me. It's because, because someone can speak death to you, but there is no power of the enemy over you that can manifest it unless you eat it. Eating it is when you believe what they said and ingest it and it becomes a part of the matrix of your thinking. Are you hearing me? 
Life is the same way, right? So what, 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 what do we think about this idea? So people's words have the ability to wound us or heal us. Let me, let me, let me say this is very important. And it's all in the realm of cursing, profanity. I'm going to explain those words in a second. But can I finish building this foundation? Now, 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 now uh, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget when my sixth grade teacher, I was 11 years old, had, we used to have PTA in the hallway. So all the teachers and kids are walking past. And so it's like six, seven o'clock in the evening. And I'll never forget, my teacher pulls out all these papers about how I was doing. My mom, my mom meant business. And um, she said, Mr. And Ms., Ms. Mason, Ms. Mason, Eric just can't learn. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget being told I couldn't learn. And from that day until my first year of college, I was in remedial classes. Because I accepted that word that I could not learn. Some of you are sitting on soul words that someone said to you that you haven't shaken yet because you've accepted someone's death voice in your life. But I want you to begin to talk to that death voice and begin to deal with that death voice because it's time for you to come out of not what you put yourself into, but what you allowed that person's voice to be in your life and to come like it's a curse in your life because you've ingested the morsels of foolishness of your mama, of your daddy, of some guy that talked about your body, some girl that said you were nothing, somebody said you was a nerd and you was this and you was that and you, were never, and you, and you ingested it. I come against it in Jesus' name. See, we talk about cursing. Cursing is massive. Cussing, profanity, it's massive. Because it affects you. But I'll never forget when I went to college and I went into this male-female relationships class and there was a, a female minister teaching the class, brilliant sociologist. And I was in class, you know, that's when I was, I, was, I just became a Christian and I was reading, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 20 and I'm reading, you know, and I, I'm paying, this is when I finally, I'm paying attention in class, you know, um, because I thought I had a learning disability. But she would encourage me. She said, Eric, you're brilliant. Do you know that? This, what you wrote here is beyond your years. And what began to happen is I said, I ate it. And then next thing I know, I want to get a master's degree. See, listen, listen to me. Be careful who you let verbally feed you. Some of y'all are in therapy right now trying to have an enema with some of the stuff that's just backed up in your system right now. Some of y'all backed up with demonic thoughts. You backed up with hate. You backed up with frustration. And God says, let's go and get it all out. See, he says, he, said, he says, is itself set afire by hell? You know, it, it trips me out that, and this, and this is not just for personal life, it trips me out what people can believe. Based on just being told something and it becomes life in a negative way. Death can get a life in a negative way. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm on, and you know, y'all know I've been doing these little TikToks, so I put a TikTok out. 
So somebody said, where the black church gives, get, get people give $11.5 billion to the black church a year in annual income. And let, now, now, let me tell y'all something. I have two advanced degrees. I'm not trying to brag. I have an undergrad in psychology, but in that psychology degree, we had to do data analysis, elementary statistics, and statistical data. So I'm thinking in my mind, hey, somebody somewhere has some statistics that lets me know what type of design this is and what control group they use, what was the questioning and what was the control group and what states were they in and what was the income levels of the church and what size was the church. So I'm like, hey, this is probably a peer-reviewed article by peers within the realm of statistics that would let me know that, hey, this was looked at by people that know how to do statistics, look at statistics, list out, I better see some graphs, some paragraphs, uh, you know what I'm saying, period one, you know, a table 2.3, you know, I'm looking for all that. I go to the article and it's a blog. <laughs> but we're laughing, right? right? But, but let's look at how the devil can spread a fire of unbelief in the black community to keep people from the church with something that ain't even true. That's, that, that's called cursing and profanity. That's it at its best. That's what the Satan loves to do. And so he says, listen, now you're going to get James's funny side, right? He's going to get his funny side. Right here, look at verse 7. He says, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, fish, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. What is he saying? He said, he said let me tell you all something. See, National Geographic ain't new. James been looking around creation. He been walking around. He done best of place. He saw some dude... You know, the lion turned, he turned his back to the lion. The lion comes, come here, boy. You my boy. I love you, my boy. And they wrestling with the tiger. You know, got crocodiles. Come on, open your mouth. Put his hand in, and it won't open. Then he closed it and all that. James said, y'all can tame every kind of wild animal in God's creation, but you can't even tame your mouth. <laughs> And so, so it's funny in it, right? It's funny. But how do you, but we have to get control of that. How do we do it? You got to spend time with your heart. What do I mean by that? Proverbs 4.23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flows the issues of life. It's saying not protect your heart from what's on the outside, but protect the outside what's coming out of your heart. So you and I, listen, have to begin to retrain our hearts to have the right stuff in it so that the right stuff will slip out. Because you're not, you don't know who you are until you're in an involuntary reaction. You know, when you, you know you grow spiritual, you say, pull me out of, pull, hallelujah, out of, bust somebody in mouth right there, but praise the God for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, God bless you, thank you, you know, right? <laughs> so you gotta have, you gotta spend time with your heart. That's why the Bible says, what's the source of your gripes, your anger? You ask and you don't receive. This is all in the same context. It's all in the same context. It's about what in your heart makes you so frustrated that you have to come up with words that destroy other people and say crazy stuff about them. What in your heart makes you do that? This is very important. It's very important because it's building, because we get into the definition we also have to have mind renewal. Yeah. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing your mind. Uh, uh, Ephesians 4, 23 as well, or 24, or 25 up in there somewhere. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, right? Meaning the disposition of your mind has to believe that God's system makes sense and it works. Because you can, you, can, you can have all the Bible you want, but if you don't believe like God's way works, you're going to do it based on the old system. <laughs> but you also have to be mission-minded. Everything you can do, you shouldn't do because you don't know who could come into the kingdom because of you. Verse 8. <laughs> he says, but no one can tame the tongue. He's talking hopeless language. He's using poetry. It's beautiful. He said, it's evil. He said, it, he said, it is restless evil, full of deadly poison. James is, James is just pouring it on. Then he says, with the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness, in God's likeness. So it's interesting. Most people say Adam and Eve were cursed. Show me that verse. They weren't cursed. God cursed creation and the serpent, but they lived under a curse. You understand? That's why when you look at curses in the Old Testament, we're talking about pronouncements, pronouncing curses. There are different types of curses, right? And so that's why um, Ham was not cursed. There's no such thing as a curse of Ham. God and uh, Noah cursed Canaan, his son. The question is, why would, ha- why would he curse Canaan and not Ham when Ham was the one that sinned? Because earlier in the chapter, God had already blessed Ham. So since God blessed Ham, he couldn't curse Ham because it would override God's blessings. And nobody, human verbiage, can override God's blessings towards you. But if Canaan repented, the sin, it would go away right, right immediately. And so what is the meaning of curse? Curse means to have divine harm and evil invoked upon someone, you know, to invoke restriction of blessing and divine freedom. To invoke uh, the invocation of evil or injury against one's enemies. And there were times in which with the patriarchs, they would use or invoke a curse on someone and God would affirm that curse, right? But that's not normal. Now it's voodoo, y'all. You can't curse. You can't say, everything you do to me going to come back on you, and you're going to do the little, the, the little sealy fingers, right? <laughs> do the little sealy fingers. That's voodoo. That's voodoo. You can't say to somebody, God, I wish upon him death. Like, woo. Woo. That don't even feel right. I stopped. I said, we sermonizing, but not, let's not even do that. How about that? He said, you can't do this because they're God's likeness. Whether they're saved or not, you, you don't have the right to wish hell on anyone. Right? But listen to what it says. It says, blessing and cursing come out the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. So now, this is the, where we get foul language from. So the idea of this foul, what is foul language? Some uh, in, in profanity. Now, let's understand profanity. Now, before I come back to the Bible, let's go. They say cursing. Cussing and profanity are different. But then I did a little baby etymological study on the word profanity, and let's see what profanity means, right? Profanity, y'all still with me? Profanity means foul language. That's what it says. Blasphemy. 
agreeing in expressing the irreverent use of words. Profanity is language irreverent towards God. This is not even Christian. Irreverent toward God or holy things, covering especially all oaths that literally interpret, treat lightly the attributes and acts of God. It literally meant outside of the church, secular, not concerned with religion or religious purposes, and by extension, not holy, impure, and defiled. Now, I could keep going. But let, so, so let me just ask y'all, let's be real practical, and I'm going to give y'all some more verses, and then I'm going to get out your way. When somebody calls somebody a female dog, how is that a liberty? Amen. I just want to know, like, how is that endearing? Even when two women call themselves, they, huh, huh. I'll be like, whoa. Right? You know, in the A word and the J word, you better have a King James Bible when you're saying those two. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Now, I did a light study, and I'm not even talking about it, on MF. Forgive me, y'all. I have to say these things without saying them. And I did something on F, the F word. I could not believe what it meant in its background and that we would think that we as Christians can use it as a liberty. If you're saying, if you're calling, if you're, listen, if you're calling someone a B, you're literally saying they're not human, which the text just said they're in the image of God. If you call somebody a MF, first off, you're calling them a fornicator or adulterer or something. If you're calling someone an animal, the A word or the J word, those aren't humans. Or if you're calling them the A word the way we use it as a bodily piece, now you're really calling them something, so you're calling them less than human. So how is using this terminology befitting of us as believers? Now, somebody say you're being legalistic. Listen, man. Listen, man. Dude, you're at the wrong place. You think I'm being legalistic. I'm saying you answer this question biblically for me. Like, you, you've helped me frame it. How is the S word in this etymology from its Irish usage and all of that? I don't want to go into it. How does it in its basic usage helpful and useful? This is how you know it's wrong. Even if I'm with my two youngest kids and I'm walking down the street and someone says any list of those explicitives and they see my kids, an unbeliever will say, um, excuse my language. Why would they say excuse their language? Because even an unbeliever knows that the language is horrible language to be used around kids, which is really should be comprehensively inappropriate. So if they are liberty words that can be used, how do even unbelievers who know that the language isn't comprehensive in its use and context all the time know that with their fallen conscience and you being renewed in faith through power of Jesus Christ cannot even have any type of conviction of the Holy Spirit, any type of commitment to the word of God, and any type of commitment to other people and commitment to mission where you will say, you know what, listen, let me tell y'all something. Listen, if you're a cusser, listen, hey, I'm going to say this. If you're a cusser, listen, just say I'm cussing and it's wrong. Don't say it's a liberty. Like, don't do that. Don't say, well, you know, you know, that's, that's cursing, you know. And I can say this. If you got to give me a theological treatise on why you can do something, maybe you shouldn't do it. Now, let's read some verses since this ain't in the Bible. Because cursing isn't the only explicatives in the Bible. There is foul language in the Bible. You didn't know that, did you? The Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, I love the way this is translated. 
No foul language should come from your mouth. I mean, I mean what are we talking about? What do we, what do, I don't know, understand what we're talking about. But only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. Now, now, now listen, now listen to what this says, right? Listen to this next, this, because this is, this, this is mind-blowing for me, right? This is mind-boggling for me. So he says, does a spring, this is beautiful, pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening. Now, what's interesting is Jesus says, out of our belly should flow rivers of live, living water, right? So, in other words, he's saying, if you, if you are connected to a, a, a sweet source, how can sour things come out of it? Okay, let me see if I can make a plan. Y'all looking at me funny. So, you know, when we go, me, my kids, we, or, or family, we go, we go um, out, and you go to, you, they give you a little cup, and you go, and you put it under the thing. And we put it under there, and I drink it, it's seltzer water. I'm like, ah, oh, this is nasty, horrible. I go to the people. I say, hey, something's wrong. They say, oh, no, the fountain um, doesn't need fixing. Its source does. So what they do is they go change out the source and put the right source in it, that's supposed to come out of the faucet so that when you push the button, what the title on it, because it has a flavor on it, I went for Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew. It ain't go for salsa water. I should see some like greenish yellow coming out of here, not sunny white water. So if I go to this faucet, to get the resource from the source that I see the title on the top of this thing as, that's what I expect to come out of it. If you say you name the name of Jesus, if somebody touch on you, listen, the stuff from the true source should come out of you. Listen, they say, I thought it said Jesus, but I keep getting a cup full of the devil. Listen, what do you want to tell people? What, what do you want to tell people? What, 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 what do you want to, what do you, what do you want to tell people? Listen to this verse. I'm sorry. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. I'm almost done. Look, look at look, uh, verse 12 says, can a fig tree, he's like laughing while he's writing this. He said, can a fig tree produce olives? Jesus like, this doesn't even make sense. My brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs. Neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. Let me just say this, 2 Timothy 2.22. It says, flee youthful passions. Most of the time when people read that, they think sex. But in the context, that can be an application of it. But epithumeo means any type of passion that makes you do something that's below maturity. That's what it means. So when you look at the verses, though, it doesn't mention sex. It mentions stuff that has to do with how you talk. It says, but reject foolish and ignorant disputes that breed quarrels. Be able to teach, instruct. I mean, all of its words, 
Okay, you don't believe me there? First Timothy 4.12. You know, young folk like that verse. Don't look down on my youth. But they don't read the rest of the verse. Because then it says, but set an example for believers in speech. That means the way you talk is a gateway into your maturity level. What you post, what you like, what you invest in, the verbal information is a reflection of that. Listen to what's Proverbs 17, 27. I'm almost done. 17, 27. The one who has knowledge restrains his words. And one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning when he seals his lips. I love the Bible. The Bible be having some stuff in it, y'all. I'm sorry. Woo! The Bible, it just says it so plain to us. <laughs> so how do you build a healthy gospel vocabulary? Have a glass half full life. What do I mean by that? If you're miserable, misery will come out of you. Listen to what the text says. Colossians says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. Proverbs 12, 18. It says, there is one who speaks rashly, like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs uh, 16, 24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. Hey, y'all, looky here, man. The beauty of the word. Listen, man, I know we're living in a culture that's bending right now. <clears throat> I know we're being bombarded and we're almost Christians are being marginalized for being Christians. But I want to encourage everybody because it's not just the young people. Some, some old people on TikTok, too doing some wild stuff. Because we always blaming the young people like they the ones. And the older people too. They on there with weirdness. Talking about cougar life. Cougar life? You're, you're, you're 60. With varicose veins and you're looking into the camera, wanna have a good time? And then I go to your, your, your thing, Proverbs 31. Because sometimes we beat up the young generation, but it's some holy young people, a bunch of them that ain't bowed to the devil, that ain't cussing, that ain't wilding, that ain't sleeping, and they trying to live right and trying to walk. There's some singles that ain't been, all the singles ain't out here acting a fool. Sometimes it's the older ones. Despite some of the older ones, they are where they are. So why am I saying this? This is an overall word, not just for this sermon, but it's, 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 a, it's a disposition, I'm closing, and a spirit that I'm, I'm really praying that that really becomes a part of our, our spiritual life. That we care about God's image in the world, Christ's image in the world. Am I beating you up for sinning? No. But what I am saying is, do we ever want holiness to be our brand again? 
<laughs> like, do we want that? Do, or, or do we want to say, we, 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 we're, too, we're too often trying to prove, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm like this. And what you end up doing is creating something that wasn't Christian or anything else in the first place. So I pray, I'm done, that God will form us in Christ's image and we will be unashamedly Christian, unashamedly Christian, and not jerks. Father, we thank you <laughs> and honor you for your word and for um, just the, uh, the way in which you command us to reflect and represent you. It is healthy for us to do that, healthy for us to honor you, healthy for us to live for you, uh, healthy for us to grow, healthy for us to enjoy everything in this world on your terms, unadulterated enjoyment without conviction as long as it's in your will and done in the way you want us to do it. Lord, help us to walk in all that it means to be free, walk in the freedom from sin, walk in freedom to enjoy, to travel, and to delight in you. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior. God wants to delight in a relationship and fellowship with you. <laughs> if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior, we would love to talk to you about Jesus, about his death and his resurrection and how he could have cursed us when he was on the cross. He could have called for all of his soldiers to come destroy us. But what did he do? He clung to the cross and died and got up on the third day so that we could have life and life more abundantly in him. If that's you and you want the life that Jesus gives, satisfaction of God's wrath, enjoyment of this life in ways you'll never know and endurance through it. But really the most important thing is a relationship with God. Anyone here, hold your hand up in the air. We'd love to talk to you about Jesus. Anybody? Anybody that says, I want Jesus as Savior. Anybody down here on the floor in the balcony? Anyone? If you're on the stream, our search team will put an email in there. Our search team will put an email in there for you if you want, um, if you want to become a believer in Jesus Christ. We would love to talk to you about him and, and encourage you in whatever way. All right, well, let's prepare our hearts and minds for communion. Prepare hearts and minds for communion. Communion is a massive celebration of Christ being the word. <laughs> the word, not a word, he's the word. He's the means by which creation came into being. If you haven't been served uh, the elements, please hold your hand up so we can get those to you if you want to partake as a believer. Yes, yes, yes. All right. <clears throat> On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, recognizing that it's a representation of his body. And in him recognizing that it's a representation of his body, he recognized that we, I don't even, the disciples didn't recognize that sitting before them holding up that bread was the one who created everything. The word. Let us eat the word of life. After, after um, 
the meal. He invoked the things would be new. He said, this is my blood, blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the removal of sins. Let us drink together. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity and time. Lord God, I pray that we would use our words wisely moving forward. That we would be life speakers. Um, that people around us would be better because of us and help our words to be inspiring. Help us not to figure out ways to tear people down. Help us to repent when we've used our words in a way that's destructive and a means of death. And Lord God, protect us from words that are meant for evil for us. Help us to have the resilience and strength and the word to be able to deflect a fiery dart that can come from a mouth of someone that even means well of us. But Lord, help us to ingest and maximize and make the most of life which lies fend indeed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Pastor Max will come up and do some announcements, then he's going to dismiss you. God bless y'all. Uh, thank you for coming uh, to this worship gathering and Epiphany Fellowship. If you watch online, can we give uh, God a hand clap of praise for um, this amazing word? And... Uh, very practical for our lives, right? Uh, thank God for the worship team, amen? Um, we just want to remind you, you can connect with Epiphany Fellowship by texting Connect to 94000. Connect to 94000. You can also visit epiphanyfellowship.org slash connect, all right? And then we have Fourth Wednesday uh, Bible study this week. Um, I think that these will be uh, in the... Uh, Maybe in the chat as well. Uh, Numanity Retreat coming up. All right, fellas. Numanity Retreat coming up. That's in June. Make sure you sign up and register for that uh, on the Church Center app. Stronger Together is coming up on Saturday at 7 p.m. All right. And then Camp Hope. Applications for Camp Hope counselors are now open. You can apply at epiphanyfellowship.org. All right. We've prayed. God bless y'all. Uh, have a great day. Uh, grace and peace. Amen. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We